Hello there, and welcome to the Cargo Bay, a Star Wars conversation podcast being transmitted to you from a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. I am Brady C here with my co-host, as always, Adam B. How's it going, BC? It's going good, Adam B. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing so dandy, BC. I'm I'm sitting here surrounded by uh, my Star Wars card collection. Um, I got all sorts of shiny cards, graded cards, not ooh, graded cards, protected ooh. cards, trash oh, cards. Oh my god! I got it's, it all. It's, it's a it's a wonderful dragon's horde that you're sitting on over there. Yes, yes. Um, because today, BC, we're going to be talking about Star Wars trading cards, the hobby in general. I love it. How does one get started? That's a question I see often in uh, various Facebook groups uh, mm -hmm, across mm -hmm, mm -hmm. across uh, Zuckerberg's magical land, and uh, probably yeah. forum posts as well out there. Surely some people are interested. I would hope so. Uh, we've been collecting Star Wars cards for how long now, BC? Uh, uh, over over two years at this point, I'd say. Yeah, since we... since. The... Early pandemic? Yeah. So we're late Mid to the game, but we're no longer <laughs> newbies, I'd say. Yeah, I think you know, we, we went through uh through our newbie phase and have become uh well versed in, in various aspects of this hobby, which uh is is uh, fairly vast if you look at the totality of what uh Star Wars has to offer in terms of trading cards. There's a lot of cards getting printed. Um and if you're out there right now, you're listening to the podcast, that's great. We're going to try to keep this audio only friendly, but also this is a good one to watch on the YouTube because we're going to be showing examples of, of cards and things. Uh something yeah, a little, else I little show and tell. Yeah, I got to show off some of these shiny things. That's right. right that's right. And uh also just want to point out that this is um, you know, our opinions um people get really heated about various aspects of this uh this hobby so i'm sure we'll get uh, yelled at leave your opinion in the comments and other people can look at it and uh weigh yours versus ours wait hold on are you telling me that uh, there are opinionated star wars fans out there look i know it's hard to believe that Ooh. that star wars fans would get get upset about things be particular about things but it can happen so let's okay. let's all just be a big happy family for the moment and be glad that we're all enjoying little pieces of paper with Star Wars characters printed on them. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a good uh, a good disclaimer uh, for this uh, particular conversation. Beautiful. Well, let's dive right into it, BC. Let's let's do that, and let's just say I, I actually want to do this. In terms of card collecting, does this go back to your childhood pre-Star Wars? Were there sports cards collected in your youth? Yeah, I, I definitely started with football cards at some point. Had mm -hmm. a smattering of other sports cards. Um, yeah. I, I've still got a Shaquille O'Neal that's worth like 40 bucks or something. How about that? Oh, that's pretty yeah. good from my childhood. Uh, but really, Solid. Pokemon... Pokemon and Magic the Gathering, those were the, the cards that got to me the most as a boy. Although I did have some Star Wars trading card game cards as well. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, kind of same for me. I mean, sports cards in, in my youth, this was, of course, when, you know, 90s is kind of the the height of just cards being printed to the moon. 
um, which was uh, quite the time to be alive, which ultimately kind of crashed crashed the card market for a little while there. But it's come back, and it's a bubble. It's another bubble, baby. A bubble that's never going to burst. Yeah, so I definitely had some familiarity with like trading cards and that kind of stuff. But getting back into it whenever we did a couple years ago was kind of like being reintroduced to a whole new like landscape as far as I was concerned in, in terms of card collecting, you know, the very different landscape of, of what we were looking at whenever we got back into cards. Yeah, well, let's talk a little bit about the different kinds of products available on the market today to the modern collector. Um, so BC, basically we have three ranges of card prices, I would say. We got we got our low range, usually paper cards that are going to retail. Mm. And then yep. we have mid range hobby boxes that are aimed at adults with expendable income, uh, mostly mm-hmm. specialty mm-hmm. order or from Tops Direct or, or something like that. And then yep. finally, we have the ultra high end, you know, uh, product that you and I have never touched and probably never will. Yes. Yeah. There's there's something for every budget. Yeah. Um, including well, the know. ones that are untouchable for most yeah if you're, if you're willing to uh buy old cards that nobody wants there might be something for every budget but i'd say like trying to get out of a store with some star wars cards you're going to be spending at least like 20 bucks yep um so just in in basic terms so for card collecting there's there's a few different ways of doing it right so there's just going to a store buying buying a box of something to to rip some packs this is by the way my favorite version of card collecting because I love ripping a pack or two. Um, that's a personal preference of mine. So anytime I can find something on the shelf, I'll, I'll usually uh, buy it. If you can find it in, in retail, these are going to be your blaster boxes is what they're commonly referred to as. I've got an example here for my uh, YouTube audience. For those of you who are listening on a podcast, it's a, it's a small box, <laughs> um, yeah. it's a small box of cards. You can hold it in um, hand. Yeah, this is this is Book of Boba Fett season one. Everyone probably the hottest show in the history of Star Wars, um, but they they released a, a set of this both in a, a hobby and a retail skew. Um, but for for the money, I would I would just say you might as well get a get a blaster box because the only thing you're guaranteed in in the hobby is going to be an autograph, which is going to be one of the big differences between retail and hobby is the the guaranteed hit. Right. Can we talk so, about hits for a second? Yeah, yeah. So just just to be clear, a blaster box has how many packs in it? Between I mean, six and ten. Between packs, six and ten is going to be pretty standard. Yeah. And then a hobby box has maybe double that on average, and yeah, and also the odds are different. So a pack yes. of cards you get out of a blaster box might have lower odds at getting an autograph or a, a hit than a yes. a, a hobby box pack does so yes yeah maybe we should talk about what kinds of hits there are oh so many types of hits you've got your autographs you've got your sketches you've got your numbered parallels um yeah these are these are the the chases these are where this is where you're getting your retirement from here people (laughs) for that beta trawler autograph that you're likely gonna find um the hits are gonna you know vary in a lot of ways but Hobby is a, a guaranteed of, of, a, of a hit of some kind. Um, you, there's big chases in those in terms of 
high-end autographs that are very scarce to fairly common autographs that you can buy for $3 wherever you'd like. So for me, depending on the set, like if it's like for Book of Boba Fett, right? I'm I'm going to pick up these blasters because they're $20. I think the hobby boxes that came out at like 180 or 100 or and, yeah. and they're down to like $55. But for those specifically, so it's similar to the the Mandalorian season one, season two, Book of Boba Fett. So the Disney Plus shows hobby boxes. They don't have high pack counts, but they've got a guaranteed hit. So they're, they come in a fancy tin case, which doesn't really mean anything. And it's uh, like seven or eight packs. I feel yeah, like it's a in low those hobby boxes packs in those. Specific it's a hobby. It boxes. is a low number of packs in those specific hobby boxes, but it is a guaranteed hit as opposed to the, the blaster boxes, which is just paper based cards, which is the majority of what you're going to get in those hobby boxes too. So that's, that's going to be one sort of differentiating thing is like there's products that are going to be hobby and retail. Then there's going to be hobby only products, which you will not find at Walmart or Target. Um, think of your your Chrome style cards, the the fancier, I guess we would say, middle tier of kind of cards. Yeah. Those you will not find at a retail store. You're gonna to have to buy those online or through Tops or one of the big big three retailers, which is Blowout Cards, David Adams Card World, and Steel City Collectibles. Nice. Or well, if you're lucky and have a local card store, um, yes, they'll order some for you. Yes. Um, yeah, and, and most of these, so these hits, these autographs, most of these in Star Wars products, especially in the low to mid range, they're going to be sticker autos, which means you know the celebrity or the actor has, or, or whoever is signing the card has signed many many stickers, and then those stickers have been stored by Tops and applied to cards after the fact. I I like sticker autos just fine. I think they look cool. They got a little shiny reflective sticker of authentication you know behind it but obviously less desirable to high-end collectors and on-card autographs usually which those you're gonna find in uh yeah more expensive products kind of the upper tier products or uh tops also has uh products that are one card packs baby uh, you get one encased card per pack um we, we were talking price. uh we're talking signature series here. Yeah, I'm talking signature series. So if you're, you know, if you bought from the 2021 signature series, you might get an autograph for $70 of Imperial Security Officer, mm -hmm. or you might get one of um, uh, Steve Bloom. Uh, Solid. Zabarellius, that'd be pretty cool. Or you might get something which I do not have, which is a very valuable um, autograph of a big star like Harrison Ford. Yeah, that's that's the hope, and that product specifically, I just as it's about to come out, um, the twenty twenty three version, I guess, of Signature Series. Um, I always say buyer beware, but that feels like a product that you're most likely ripping as a case, as opposed to like just a box. It feels like because the box is a complete and total gamble for me at seventy five dollars for a box, because it's very possible that you will pull a five to ten dollar card out of that 75 dollar box this is a good point bc so not only are there different price ranges of cards there are people like you and i bc who if we get one box from a set or or two that's like yeah. wow we got a lot of cards we yeah we got a couple of hobby boxes 
There are also, you know, collectors who will buy an entire case of product because generally there is a there's a box hit, right? You're going to get mm-hmm. one autograph in your box. There's also yep. typically a case hit, which means there's yep. one really good knockout card in that case of cards somewhere, probably. Yes. Um, yep. So a, a lot of people do that completely unfamiliar with it. But that, that just goes to say yeah. you might get two boxes and have complete trash, quote unquote, or just not yep. get your value back in the least. You should never expect to get your value back, but you'll really not get it back sometimes where you'll buy like a $150 box and get cards that amount to $40 worth of, you know, if you were to sell them really hard <laughs> or $40 in trade value. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a I think that's a, a pretty good sort of like breakdown of of what to expect from like high end collecting from hobby to like low end retail, right? I think what I, I just as I can transition to something here is is that another thing that I think of just in terms of like where to start for collectors is like my biggest piece of advice is collect what you like. Right. This is this is going to be a huge thing, because at first we were we were wandering blind in the desert. We didn't know what was out there, just getting our hands on what we could get our hands on. I think the more informed you can be about a product, the better. So, you know, look up all of the you know images of what the product's borders are going to look like, what the product itself is going to look like, because it'll give you a pretty good idea of like if it's something aesthetically that you like or if it's an era of Star Wars that you like. I mean, my initial collection was like, I'm very much into the animated stuff. So I went into like looking for Clone Wars stuff and Rebel stuff. Um, There's every sort of era of Star Wars that can be out there. So there's sort of niche different ways that you can collect too, whether it's building sets, which is definitely a type of collecting where it's like, I want to get the entire base set of 100 or 300 cards in some cases for, for whatever set and collecting entire sets or if it's like collecting a character or if it's collecting autographs or parallels there's just so many different ways that you can do it but be be informed about what is going to be in a product so you know what you're looking for especially if you're doing it to like you know do doing it for the rip to open something like don't don't buy something expecting a harrison ford autograph one ever but two if his name isn't on the checklist you know what i mean know know what's going to be in there and what you know what it is that you might be chasing if you're if you're collecting as a as a ripper versus if you're just going on and and buying singles which is another thing that i'm sure we will talk about and if i can just say one of the things you should be looking for to find joy in at least from my perspective right now (laughs) uh, and you can definitely have a cynical take on this but we are living in the era of numbered parallels um which means that you know you'll have a base set of cards that look a certain way and a lot of times there will be a parallel version or multiple parallel versions of every card in the set so for example you'll have a a base card um that will just look plain and then maybe the parallel of that has a red border um or a green border and depending on which color border it is uh it'll be more rare than another one and generally uh at some point these numbered parallels they get to a certain rarity where they are numbered individually um and so for example a very common thing is saying hey i want to collect an entire set of this with of this set in an orange border or i want to you know uh collect all the 
the of 25s of this set um whatever that that may be uh, that's my favorite thing in Star Wars collecting. I'm a big fan of low-numbered Star Wars cards. It's uh, you know, false false meaning, but uh, right. <laughs> for the 2021 Chrome Galaxy and the, the Chrome Galaxy cards are they have different kinds of of uh, reflective parallels in the background. So you have different kind of foils uh, on those cards, which I think you know that that really got my attention because I grew up on Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, I grew up on Pokemon. Yeah, I. I don't know. It, it is, it is a vast and expansive uh, amount of uh, styles of collecting that can be done. So to me, it's like one, know what you're getting into and then just like have a good idea of what you like. Um, you know, cause for me, like I like a lot of different things. I do like parallels. I landed specifically on green parallels. Just so happened that the first box of star Wars cards that I ever opened, I think the first pack yeah. that I ever opened had a green parallel from the Skywalker saga of Han Solo. And I was like, this is the coolest card ever. It's a $5 card at most, you know, it's a <laughs> it numbered out of 99. It's a paper product, but it's got a green border. It looked different than the other cards. And I just liked it. I mean, aesthetically, like I like green. It's one of my favorite colors, but seeing a green border on cards, I'm just like, usually if there's a green border and it's a character I like, I'm going to try to chase it down to some degree if it's within a reasonable price. I also like collecting autographs of of characters that I like, um, especially ones that tend not to be as expensive as the uh-huh. original trilogy actors. Again, that's that's a budget thing. Like, if I could, I would have a set of, you know, Carrie and Harrison and Mark on the shelf. But those are a little out of my price range at this point. Um, so, I mean, I was I able think- to affordably get a lot of the Rebels characters, you know, basically for you know on average 25 to 30 dollars a card maybe yeah there's definitely uh plenty of affordable autographs out there you'll come to recognize some signers as having many 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 cards in almost every set you know tops definitely leans on certain um actors usually in small roles to fill out their their hobby boxes Um, this might be a good time to talk about some of the kind of where the values are floating on some of the highest end star wars cards right now which basically if you're looking at a harrison ford carrie fisher or mark hamill i'd say you're looking north of three thousand dollars in almost every case almost up to ten thousand dollars you know depending on if the card is a one of one if it's a five of five if it's you know uh how how low the parallel is and what shape it's in and all that kind of jazz but yeah, prices prices on those have fluctuated quite and will a continue bit. to as as more stickers come out as more yeah yeah well and the big news from this year's industry conference is Mark Hamill is signing again. What does that do to his previous autograph prices now that there's going to be more because he just stopped signing autographs for Tops for a while. Yeah, uh, Carrie Fisher is of course no longer signing autographs. Uh, Rest in peace. Uh, and Harrison Ford, you know, he's got some stickers out there, and I'm sure they get him into a room once a year and write him a check for a certain amount of money, <laughs> yeah, and he's yeah. just totally cool with that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I mean, 1500 on the lowest end, which is, like, to get in on one of those. But, yes, up to 5 10 depending on the card. Um, another thing you bring up, too, which – as a blanket statement for everything we're going to say, the condition of the cards means almost everything in terms yes. of value. Um, think about 
I of eye appeal would be my my biggest thing. Are the corners sharp? Is the surface clean? Are the edges nice? Is the image centered? Because this is not always going to be the case uh, with cards uh, you're bringing up in terms of value. Um, I want to talk specifically vintage value, which when we're talking vintage, we're going to the OG blue star field as the king of Star Wars vintage. This is Star Wars before it was a new hope before it was episode four. There was top Star Wars trading cards and they had a beautiful blue star field border. I have now, um now this is not these are not original but the blue starfield has been recently reprinted. Um, it is it is I I mean I think it's like it's an iconic yeah. card border uh, like across period across all all across all card collecting yeah. Looks something like that. Vaguely yeah. like this. <laughs> it is it is objectively very cool uh and how it looks. Now the the thing about these cards is they're old. And a lot of them are not in great condition. They were and never a lot cut of them... straight in the first place, which yeah, is a that's problem the thing. with us. Not, not very well centered. So the value in these cards is finding them in really good condition. Because if you can find well-centered original cards from the first movie, then you're looking at some real value. I mean, in terms of like graded cards from that original set, hundreds, it's hundreds of dollars is pretty standard for just like a common card like there's this is before the era of parallels and autographs and all of that these are just bubblegum baseball cards essentially if you want to think about it that way but because of their age because of their condition that's where all the value is going to be derived from because if you can find a luke skywalker number one in really good condition you, you, you you're sitting on a good amount of money and speaking of uh, condition, BC, there there are obviously companies out there who will take your money to tell you what kind of condition your card <laughs> is in. Um, word yes. of advice to anyone who's thinking about grading cards. First of all, get yourself a centering guide and do a bit of research and don't send in cards that aren't going to grade well. I've seen a lot of people get into collecting to maybe try to make a buck buy up lots of cards and send them off to be graded and a lot of them come back in a you know, in a case that isn't going to sell any higher because it's a, it's not graded highly. It's an 8.5 or whatever. Nobody cares. Um, the the main players in the grading scene, uh, at least the old standards at this point, are uh, we have Beckett. Beckett has clear cases. They give subgrades, which means they'll tell you that, like this card, for instance, is a 9. It's graded a 9 on centering, a 9 on edges, a 9 on corners, and a 9.5 on surface. Um, and for Beckett, that's a nine. Uh, SGC is my favorite for my personal collection because they're pretty affordable uh, by comparison. Mm-hmm. They move pretty quickly. Um, easier to get a, a 10 in an SGC probably than in a PSA. PSA being king in Star Wars yeah. cards right now and kind of just cards in general. In general, yeah. Um, PSA, uh, like this is a, a 10 and a PSA is going to be worth more probably than a 10 and an SGC, uh, just because people trust, um, PSA to be a little more strict. Uh, yeah. Um, quick PSA about PSA. Um, that's public service announcement, a public service announcement, um, is going to be that yes, they hold the highest value. I mean, that's, that's true across Star Wars, sports in general, I mean, that they are sort of the king in terms of value. However, if you're doing it, well, there's a couple different things, right? If you're doing it for um, 
for money purposes to like resell your cards, you will get more bang for your buck. You're also going to be waiting longer if you submit your PSA for grading. SGC is cheaper to grade and their turnaround is like 10 days or less at this point. I mean, they, they're getting cards back to people very quickly. But again, you're, you're not going to get as much for your SGC 10 as you are your PSA 10. But if you're just looking to move a card quickly to get, uh, you know, 80% of what a PSA 10 would do, then then SGC is a really good option. I also like personally, I like both of them for my personal collection, right? I like I like the look of SGCT uh, of SGCs for certain cards. I like the PSA on my sports cards. Ooh, if you get uh, a PSA on a red parallel, uh, yeah, that can look really nice because they have a yeah, red I mean, like on the PSA label. Like uh, this is this is one of my prized possessions. This is probably a two dollar card at most two dollars but i have the only copy of an sgc 10 that exists on the planet currently so everyone right. else rush to get your captain america population uh, one sgc yeah, 10 uh, the 2000 a 2011 upper deck captain america comic book cover number one uh insert card um i mean i think it looks really good in the sgc you know slab the SGC slab has black plastic around the card, uh, so a different look than the typically clear plastic of, of most grading companies. And there are other grading companies out there. Some will do custom labels. There's all kind of options. Um, for me, I just want a few special cards, uh, basically sealed up in a way that I can hand them to my friends and be like, look at this, and not worry that they're going to damage right. it because they don't understand <laughs> what it that Here's a very valuable card. Yeah, Please yeah. don't destroy this. Yeah. Uh, it, uh, mostly, I do, it just finally puts me at ease handling cards to have them slabbed is my favorite thing about it in general. It's yeah. like, oh, this is safe-ish now. <laughs> yeah. Which is which is why, I mean, if if you have those 77s, in an in a even in SGC sevens or eights, those are relatively high grades. PSA eights, nines. I mean, tens are not unheard of, but they are very rare, just based yeah. off of quality and condition of the card. Um, so there's a lot of value in that. I would warn, I guess, or just sort of say, the value of those original vintage cards is going to go down as the trilogy goes on. So from Empire to Return of the Jedi. There's a lot of Return of the Jedi cards that you can still go out and get right now in yeah. sealed packs. I mean, you can get a sealed pack of Return of the Jedi cards for, I don't know, 10 bucks probably. Um, if you wanted to get a, an original 1977 Star Wars pack of cards, like $100 probably, upwards of that for, for the original blue cards. And that's just like prospecting on the hope that you've got a well-centered card in there, which is yeah. again, very unlikely. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, there's value even just having packs of these things that are unopened, which is yeah, they're, another they're, another way packs. of collecting. Yeah, and I I love the the art on the original packs. I think yeah, there is something very cool. displayable and collectible about those two. Yeah, yeah. The the that OG Star Wars set is about as good as Star Wars collecting gets um, from that perspective until you get to the you know the numbered products. We've got a vast wasteland of time between the original Star Wars cards and basically up until numbered parallels and even I think more recently where most of the stuff printed in that era is very cheap. Um, yeah. Cheap enough to get. And that's where we started collecting because you and I found, hey, you can still buy a full box of, of tops 
Star Wars 1997 vehicles for like yeah, you yeah. know <laughs> 60 bucks or whatever. There there are some exceptions. There was a um a chrome back Star Wars finest uh series that had some gold refractors which were just a rarer parallel. Um those can get pretty pricey. But generally, looking at 90s Star Wars cards is a great place to be. And also, where Star Wars Galaxy started, which is probably collectively our favorite Star Wars uh, product. Yeah, I because, I, I mean, just to, to segue into that, too, because, you know, we talked about value in terms of the vintage stuff. There's value in a lot of this modern stuff with the parallels and the quality finishes and, again, and the autographs. we put quotation marks around value. value. We are in yeah. a bubble, and, and who knows if yeah. these cards will or won't be worth anything I mean, in I, 20 years. I, I still think these hobby boxes are wildly overpriced for yeah. what you're getting, but like it's just where they are right now. Um, in terms of what I would, would personally say is of value to me, is whenever we did find the Star Wars Galaxy cards, because... Uh, a little, a little bit of show history uh, for for you listeners and viewers. We started off on Twitch one, just talking about Star Wars randomly one day, and then I happened upon a box of these Skywalker Saga blaster box. Like, hey, well, why don't we open some of these and talk about cards and you know talk about Star Wars? And it really kind of ignited like a love of you know like going back to collecting cards and being like, oh, there's so many Star Wars cards out there. So you and I, we started like buying up different like packs and stuff just like loose packs that we yeah, found on yeah. ebay to open just like weird star wars stuff non-sport trading cards just i mean truly a wildly random assortment of junk like wax we would buy big yeah big lots of like a hundred random yeah. packs of yeah <laughs> of junk yeah, you know yeah <laughs> but to open for you know the purpose of like content and talk about like oh let's we can talk about the Robin Hood Prince of Thieves movie well, and open cast, some bags. I yeah, opened exactly. a, uh, a, um, a pack of Nightmare Before Christmas cards off of some dusty shelf. Had a Jack Skellington on-card autograph in there. How about that? One of the Wild. coolest pulls of all time, <laughs> yeah. legitimately. It is a fantastic... Um, like, who knew that there were autographs in loose packs of, of those just around? But, like, through that, we, we, like, stumbled upon the Star Wars Galaxy cards which are fantastic. This is this is where, so after the trilogies stop, you know, Return of the Jedi in 83, basically there's there's no Star Wars cards for about 10 years, right? So I think it's around 93 or something that the, the Galaxy series yeah. starts. And this is a set that's, it's, it's conceptual in a way too, where there's like an introductory card, which is like introduces you to the, like, the title card in Star Wars that's got the opening crawl on there. They're like, here's the galaxy set with, I think it's 140 cards or something like that. But they're all art cards, so they're very, very designed. The backs on them have cool pieces of art, and there's a lot of information about the artist, about the artwork that's featured that is, for me as a collector, very interesting because it appeals yeah. not only to my nature of collecting, but to like, my nature of being a Star Wars fan and wanting to know the history about it. You know, there's Ralph McQuarrie concept art cards in the original set, which is like the coolest of the cool thing. And these things are printed all to hell. Like there are yeah. so yeah. many of these out there, which is great, right? Because for me, it's not about like, oh, I've got a thousand dollar one of one. Like, these are accessible to everybody. You can still go out there and get a box of these, I mean, sealed for 
probably like a hundred bucks, I would guess, eighty to a hundred dollars. Yeah, and I think which... that price will fall when the prices of other Star Wars cards fall a little bit too. I think it'll come back down because they it seems to be a pretty endless supply of. They're out there in in mass number. Um, and if you want to have a little bit of fun, they did have one parallel in some of those sets, which is a first day of production parallel. You can find yeah. a little gold stamp on some, so that's that's always fun. They're not individually numbered or worth that much more, uh, but yeah, it's and, fun for and so they are very fun for collecting. And it's the longest, probably longest running series of to the second version of the Chrome Galaxy series, but I think there was Galaxy series one through three was in the 90s, and then I think four comes back a few years after that down the road. Five, six, and seven. Five, six, seven, and then there's one that's unnumbered, but I think is like Galaxy 2018 is like the eighth series, right? So, I mean, that's a fun set to collect. I have pieces of several different galaxy ones um uh, almost full complete sets of a couple or complete sets of a couple of them but those are ones that i really like to go to just to like flip through binder pages because there's a lot of the art is really cool and the information universe yeah yes popping in very cool yeah i mean you you brought up to the the finest set right which which is right around the same time and this finest is a brand of tops that um, is sort of a subset where they kind of started figuring out like, oh, we can put a cooler finish than just like the cardboard papery finish. Finest really is what starts that like chrome era um, so that, you know, there's baseball's finest. Star Wars finest is such a cool thing that exists in the 90s period too. Like we both went out and bought complete sets of that as soon as we opened some of those packs. Yeah, like, yeah. Those cards. These are sweet. Because they they are so EU, there are some wild ass characters yeah, in the super weird in that finest set. A lot of fun um, to to pull that set together. Um, and those packs aren't aren't too terrible if you can find yourself a pack or two. They those have, are just they have risen fun to open recently. There's been kind of a run on the the gold backs yeah. uh, recently. Um, but yeah, the, that's a, a great set. Um, I, I did. I feel like I forgot that I might be interrupting here, BC. No, but I did want to mention um, when we talk about a set of cards, usually that set of cards has you know a a a set of base cards, usually around a hundred of them, uh, maybe more, maybe less, and those are just kind of images that represent the set as a whole. And then there are also insert sets. Um, so for example, you have your base cards; they kind of all look the same. And then you might have a character card, you know, insert set where it's like just characters standing on a background. So Mandalorian season two cards were mostly screenshots of the show. And then you have one of the insert sets are the characters of the show, you know. Um, And then also what you might have is manufactured hits is something we haven't talked about. Manufactured hits are something where it's like, oh, we'll make a different type of card. We'll put one of those in every hobby box or rather in every blaster box whichever it is um a lot of times those are patch cards which are kind of thick cardboard stock with a little patch floating around in there sometimes they're they're relics which can be sourced fabric relics which means hey this fabric is kind of like the fabric we used on the show (laughs) we'll put it Mm -hmm. in there or you can have actual relics this is this claims to be screen used chunk of the razor crest um That's one a hot my, sauce card right there, my friend. One of my hot one of my sauce best cards. cards. Uh, thank you, thank you. This one's numbered six of fifty. 
Amanda with a tiny little chunk of a razor, razor crest, crest in there. Um, That's a so sick that, card. That, that claims to be a genuine screen-used piece, but also you might get a card like this that's just like, hey, this looks kind of like a wall or, or whatever. Uh, typically, it's the fabric relics where that's a fake or or a medallion or necklace-like charm. Um, so th those are, are interesting subsets of cards uh, that some people are really interested in. I rainbowed a TIE Fighter medallion. Um a rainbow yeah. we also haven't mentioned a rainbow oh, yes, is the rainbow. a bunch of different colors parallels and you get every single color All there is them. which means you better start with the one of one so the one of yeah. one for this was the red one and i got it on ebay very cheaply and then went in search of all the other color parallels of that card so Again, a lot of people an another just collect rainbows you know they just uh, another fantastic card. way to collect is if you find a card you like and say i'm gonna get one of each of them and of course the one of one being the rarest of the rare and so much different than the 100 of 100 because the color is different now it's... this is another thing uh i i like numbers um so i try to get my lukes and five of whatever so i'll get a five of 50 luke or a five of 100 luke but what i also like are alpha and omega cards because i'm a sucker for capitalism mm -hmm. Um, yeah an alpha card meaning it is the first card printed of a parallel and the omega meaning it's the last card so for example this uh surely i've got one here somewhere yeah this is a a a 50 of 50 so it is a f numbered 50 of 50 the last card printed of this mojo parallel of this x-wing so that is an omega x-wing here i got you an, i got you an alpha right here Ooh. show you an alpha it's a one of ten stamped on the back there. Kanan controls the blast. So yeah, I, again, there's these are it's it's a it's a false sense of value to right. me in a lot of ways where the one of ten is worth more than the three of ten. But be clear, listener and viewer, they are no different. It's just the number stamped on there is one of ten or ten of ten, which it, it kind of bafflingly it does mean more to people uh in similar in the right, sports that's world how my brain works <laughs> if it's the player's number that card is more valuable so if you're if you're number three for the you know the atlanta braves and you get the three of ten that's as valuable if not more valuable than the ten so just weird collector things that people will pay for I don't know. That's uh, my my brain likes consistency, um, and also like sometimes if I have a little bit of money to spend on an eBay single, I might wind up getting the fifty of fifty of a card instead of one of the tens because that's mm -hmm. how much I want the uh, yep. the number. I also you know sometimes I'll get on a kick. I got I have the six of ten of this card, so I went and I found three other six of ten or six of whatever. So I got the six of twenty five and the six of fifty. Um, I guess that's two others, but anyway, uh, there's lots of fun things you can do with numbers. There, there are a lot of fun things you can do with numbers, and there are a lot of numbers out there to be had. Is Especially this... now, the parallels are are much more, I think, uh, yeah, relevant they're, today. They're printing them like mad because they want to keep prices high, and uh, yeah. it, it keeps people in their in their niches and paying too much for things. Uh, mm -hmm. We could be cynical about every aspect of card collecting right now. One of those aspects is card protection. You got to buy some plastic to put on your paper, BC. You do have to buy plastic to put on your paper. 
you've shown us a, a couple of excellent examples of that. Uh, so the range of the plastics grading are going to be totally encased, sealed forever. That's why you're paying for the grade. That's called you've a got slab. Hard, yeah. You've got a hard plastic slab around your card. Um, a sort of the step down from that is going to be the magnetic one touch, um, which is, which is a, a kind of a it's a thicker, harder case. Yeah, often kind of a, a hinge type mechanism with a magnet. Yep, your card will sort of be inset into there, so it sort of protects the the corners. Have these little corner boxes on them, so those are protected. My favorite uh, type of one touch is a one touch that allows you to put a card that is in a penny sleeve inside of the one touch so it has a little bigger border yep to account for the edge of a penny sleeve what is a penny sleeve you ask oh a penny sleeve That's... is the basic in in card protection flimsy plastic the think best... of it is your underpants you know that's right it's <laughs> it's the base layer it'll hold your dookie if it has to. <laughs> <laughs> you can slide in basically any old card in there and it'll uh, the bare minimum there are different gauges of cards so some cards are thicker than others and some cards are too thick for these sleeves but for your most of your paper product this is going to work just fine the best tip i ever learned because putting your card in here you can damage your corners easiest thing sure to can. damage on a card is a corner give this thing a little a little twist here so you got a little hole you know a little Get, get you, you a little pinch twist. It so there's a little gap here in the corner, and then you flick that little gap until you got a tiny split at the top of your penny sleeve, and then you can put any card in there without uh without issue. Pinch and flick. What are we talking about here? Pinch and flick. Uh, <laughs> sounds like some baseball players from the 30s. <laughs> Old uh, pinch and flick out there in the middle infield. They're at it again. <laughs> and then finally, BC oh, can't can't leave without saying the the one other essential in uh, card protection: the top loader classic which top yep. loader is a piece of thicker plastic that you slide your flimsier plastic coated <laughs> card in and boom depending thank you bc bc's got an example one of those hard plastic holders you don't want to put a card in there without a penny sleeve that's what you i did ruin when I was a child the surface uh, of the card yeah get scratched yeah. up don't do it penny sleeve first put it in the top loader and then remember you still don't want those things in direct sunlight baby some of these one touch cases have uv protection some of the top loaders do but uh don't put it in the sun. Don't do it. it won't last yeah. forever. Avoid avoid direct sunlight. That's uh, plastic for your paper, BC. What else have we got over here that we haven't covered yet? Sketches. Well, I, I would, yeah, sketches. sketches yet. That's Sketch cards are... Yeah, well, I think we briefly mentioned it as, as part of the hits that you can get in your hobby boxes. Uh, Tops is... Well, not not been as good recently, but they do have uh, sketch artists who will do sketch cards. So they get sent out a, a blank card and are given kind of, I guess, a certain set of rules about what they can draw. But uh, they will do small little bits of art on your card there for you. So it is a it is a true one of one. It's an original piece of art drawn by an artist. Um, they, I will say, have become less uh, less plentiful. Yeah recently as uh tops is i guess a couple things printing more of their product which is Stretches making the, the hits, harder yeah. for the artist to to get the hits in there so if a sketch used to be you know one every box or one every couple boxes is now like one a case and you're doing good on sketch cards which i think is indicative of, of print runs being higher and 
um, just what artists are being asked to do for relatively little amount of money. Especially um, when they they might get paid less for something that is turned around. They might get paid nothing, basically, for something that is then sold on eBay for a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, because these are some of the most desirable things in modern Star Wars cards. Um, some of the earlier sketches, like I have one here from the Clone Wars that I think is representative of how a lot of sketches used to be, where it was like one artist would crank out, you know, like 30 of the same same yeah. image basically just really yeah and i think some of the artists they hire still do that um, but it's a huge variety of types of art done on these like this one actually has paint on it this is a painting yeah. this one that akbar card is sick this akbar is my my favorite sketch i've ever uh ever pulled uh shout yep. out to space hindu um pulled nice. that out of a uh, galaxy card um, but that that artist did a whole set of characters with a similar border, um, and and yeah, some of the artists are in super high demand. Um, some do you know photo real works of art that probably took hours and hours and hours to create. Yeah, um, uh, Angel of Elas, I think, is probably the highest end sketch card artist out there. Yeah. Does really fantastic stuff that is highly highly collectible. Very cool. Check check that out on the next resource that I want to mention, which we've mentioned briefly which is ebay Ooh, you want star wars cards baby go to ebay if you want check it value, out quote unquote uh don't buy the singles baby that's the way yeah. to get to get your money's worth because then you decide what you're getting instead of gambling so you lose a little fun but you get what you want yep it it yes that that is you you lose the gambling uh ripping element <laughs> you know i'm a fiend for but if you wanted to go on and buy a set of Galaxy Series 1, you can probably buy that set for $20. That's 100, the 140 full first Galaxy Series 1 set. You can get the whole thing for cheap. You don't get to the excitement of opening the packs, but it's already there for you. You get all the cards. You can throw them in your binder sleeves and enjoy them for a fraction of the cost of buying a, a hobby box. Um, so that's one great way to use ebay singles too you know who's your favorite character are you an ahsoka fan like me go to ebay and type in top star wars ahsoka there are going to be a lot of cards that value uh, that that vary in value um you know whether they're parallels base cards autographs there's a lot of stuff out but there BC, how do i know i'm not paying too much well let me give you a couple tips my friend one, if you go to sold listings on eBay, you can find out how much the last card sold for. You can also go to 130point.com and do the exact same thing. And 130 point will tell you what a best offer was. So they will. It is how much they, they will tell you how much it sold for. Because there will be some cards that will say ten dollars or best offer, and it will say offer accepted on eBay, but it won't tell you how much. If you It'll go look to like they paid the asking price, the, yeah. the asking price. If you go to if you go to one thirty point, it will tell you what the offer was accepted for. So it's a good way if, if you're not familiar with the term to comp a card to get the comp on that card to find out what comparable sales prices are going for. You can do that on one thirty point dot com. It's got a search eBay sales function. Type in top Star Wars Ahsoka if it's a specific card. Galaxy Chrome. You will find out how much that card is going for, how much it recently sold for. 
Now, what do could, you have there, Adam? You could also check the uh, the price guide sponsored by Ultra Pro here in <laughs> non-sport update. The non-sport Amazing. trading card magazine that I have been subscribed to for a while. They want me to continue my subscription. I'm not sure that it will, but I will say this this magazine does seem to have improved drastically over the last couple of issues. I, I don't know yeah. the, the articles going on in here about all non-sports cards. So there's usually something about star Wars in here because I'd say star yeah. Wars is one of the, you know, the top non-sport properties, yeah. uh, but they have price guides in here and, uh, it's hard because yeah. they they obviously can't list every parallel um and the majority of like value fluctuation is is due to parallel uh sales so and also it comes out a little late you know <laughs> like this is a paper thing that comes in the mail so Better it's an antiquated thing from my childhood that I absolutely loved about card collecting was going to my Hastings and checking out the price guides uh, that were there. It's very satisfying. I mean, it is. Shout out yeah. to Non Sport Magazine. Uh, if you just want to disappoint your father, order Non Sport. <laughs> There's not a funnier name in magazines. Non Sport. <laughs> just to be clear, Dad. <laughs> I am I not looking at sports cards. This is not a sport. <laughs> This is not sports. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think... Is this tied to Beckett, this magazine? I, th- I mean, Beckett is one of the main... The main card grade, or card uh, value magazines. Yeah, That's probably the most popular is, one from my from my year. This is from Beckett Media. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, this is... This is Beckett. They've been price charting for forever, so you can trust it, I suppose. Um, another thing I do want to mention, um, I'm just checking our list. I know we're, listen here, listener, we've thrown a lot at you. Yeah, this is confusing. There's, there's a lot out there. Um, but I'm going to throw one more confusing thing at you. I'm going to put a big old beautiful bow on this thing. Um, you can go straight to Tops. So Tops is the exclusive licensor of Top Star Wars trading cards, which we probably should have mentioned a long time ago. Um, there are other brands. There's Panini, there's Upper Deck, uh, blah, 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 blah. Tops is where it is at if you're a Star Wars fan. You can go to tops.com and buy Star Wars cards right now. Good luck they navigating are... their website because literally you can type Star Wars in the search bar and it will not give you an accurate list of products. You can go to the Star Wars site, a part portion of their website, and it'll say, there ain't nothing here. But if you go to the main page and scroll down, there's a new product there. Uh Sorry, I have a, an ongoing frustration with this. I know. Oh, I can. I can feel the heat coming from your side. Now. Are you all right? Yes, my master. <laughs> um, but you can go there. They're release sets. Basically, I mean, the, the living set that you showed earlier. It's got blue Starfield borders. They're releasing two of those cards every week until we're dead. Yeah, the, um, <laughs> or until they run out of characters to draw. And those are print um, on demand, so they put them up for yep. a week and say, "Order some of these living set cards." Uh, yep. Then they go. Away. And then they do episodes of TV shows. This is the trailer set for Andor. I was uh, a big oh, Andor beautiful. boy, so I bought every every set of Andor. Usually it's five cards per episode, so Here's they're well into Book of Boba. I bought one episode of Book of Boba Fett. Um, yeah, so and then we're well into the Mandalorian season three. Those tops. tend to have parallels too um, mm. at this point. Uh, they also just print like random singles, uh, yep. or like, hey, here's a weird thing that looks like a baseball card, but it's got Mace Windu on it. 
Um, or recently, w- they did the 206 tobacco cards, uh, and that was very fun. Love those. Um, they they tend to be fairly pricey. Sometimes those like three card sets are fifteen dollars, and you it's like generally like get you, them cheaper on eBay, right? Here's the yeah. Here's the insider tip: just buy them on eBay because there are people who are buying them in bulk and paying less for them, and then passing that price along to you on electronicbay.com. You're probably less likely to get a card that will grade a ten. Because and I can guarantee you will not get a parallel. No, yeah. Do it that way. They're they're taking those out. But if you just want the base cards for a lower price, eBay them. Find you can find them on eBay. Um, there was a, a baseball card recently that I wanted. It was ten dollars on the Topps website. I got it for five on eBay. I was very excited about a fifty percent uh, savings on that particular card. But they are always printing stuff. Um, Tops is our, our overlord of, of Star Wars trading cards. I mean, they've got a lot of stuff that's available for you. Um, but, you know, just be aware of the cost. I think my attempt to uh, land the albatross here is that there's a lot of stuff that's out there if you like Star Wars. Um, there are so many different collectible markets. We found Star Wars trading cards and loved it right there's action figures there's posters there's props i mean there's all sorts of stuff this is relatively inexpensive and is a lot of fun and if it's you know if if you can walk away with any piece of advice from me it's like find no find what you like about star wars and just just look for the trading cards that you might enjoy um that's that's kind of how i started after kind of you know the blind approach was like oh i just found this box let's open it it's like, oh, well, I wonder if they make, you know, Ahsoka cards. What's the first Ahsoka card that was made? What are all the various different types of, you know, character cards that I can find from Rebels? What are the different sets? There's a lot of what I like to do, which is just research, which is like, look into all of these things. So hopefully some of this stuff helped you because I know you and I had to personally do a lot of this, like learning the hard way or like sharing the information with each other because there is no like... There's not there's not always like a hot quick guide on on how to do these things like until now know, until now with the clearest guide of all time from hot the cargo and quick, bay yeah. hot and quick now that we're an hour into the recording <laughs> uh, but it's like you know things like penny sleeves and top loaders like you you don't have to do that if it's just to have them and enjoy yeah. them like if it's not about like I need these to retain value so I can sell them down the road Which then they like probably won't. Yeah, like there there are certainly cards that you and I have that we say I'm going to set this aside because there's there is value to this in case we need to sell it or like yeah. when we die, you know, it can be like hey, you can sell that and make some money to, you know, burn my corpse. Um, if anybody <laughs> ever sells my 6 to 10 Jawa, I'm a hunt, I'll hunt your grave. I will hunt you until you're dead. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like there but it's it's knowing what what has value. It's relatively easy to look up if you know to go to one thirty point. You can say, oh, this is I mean, a twenty dollar card. That's not nothing, you know. I think there are high end collectors be like twenty dollars, whatever. But it's like, you know, twenty dollars is a card you probably want to protect as opposed to you know your common cards, you know. But th- there's there's a lot to learn. I'd say do a lot of the legwork yourself. It's if you enjoy being a hobbyist, this is a fun hobby. I think generally you get into. If you can avoid some people's opinions and just enjoy it for yourself, like yeah. find what you like and collect what you like and just be assertive in your own taste of, of what you're going to collect. 
Yeah, and uh, that's something I'll say too. We've learned a lot from Facebook groups. Um, there mm-hmm. are good groups on Facebook. You know, shout out to the people who moderate those groups. But they are also there's a lot of toxicity, like you said, in uh, people's opinions. So don't let anyone else uh, cramp your style on social media. <laughs> yeah, yeah, if you're having a good time. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I think I think there's a lot of fun to be had, like you said, BC. I certainly uh, I do enjoy my Star Wars card collection. My my advice is just focus focus up before you spend big. Um, you know, and spending big to me is like a hundred dollars. Just make sure you're not buying a bunch of trash you're not going to want in two years or whatever, just to fill your shelves, unless that's what you want to do. But generally, my my collection has been something I've I've pared down and honed in. And typically, if I'm going to buy a single, it's it's something that I've thought about for a while, and I'm like, I really want that card. Like my my show and tell here, these are like the pride of my collection. Are not the most valuable things that I own, but it it combines a lot of the elements of what we talked about, which is both set collecting and parallels, which which are are my green parallels from twenty twenty one Chrome Legacy, They're right? Beautiful. Which is a, a very big set. But I went specifically after the Rebels portion of the set. So like, I went in and I got all of the of 50s in green some of them are more expensive which is just the nature of it but this collection was was one of my favorite things to do which was pulling you know finding all of them pulling them together it's over i mean it's 27 cards so it it took a little while but like it was fun monitoring ebay checking in to see like oh is the the ahsoka card where she's fighting vader which is probably the most expensive in this set like, is that out there? You know, so whenever I Those found that for a decent price, coming in, yeah, in the morning as, or fun. As soon as as soon as that showed up, I had to I had to jump on it. But like it, it's one of my favorite things about it because it was a niche portion of collecting that I found. There's scarcity built into it. There's the love of the content that's on the cards that's built into it, and just like the fun of the chase and and doing that. So I mean, there's. There's all sorts of ways you can do it. Find out what you like and 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 go from there. And you know, go where the other people aren't going at the moment. Don't buy the hottest product necessarily, and you'll get a good deal. I like, for example, the the Chrome Galaxy cards are very pricey. Nobody wanted yeah. this IG88 for whatever reason. <laughs> I thought it was a really cool card, but it was one of the lowest price cards on the market. So I, I like having three of a card a lot, like in different parallels. So this is something that costs nothing, and it's one of the not nothing. It was, you know, I'd I'd say this is probably around fifty dollars, uh, all said and and done. But uh, this is one of the favorite things in my collection. It's just this three panel IG eighty eight that other people didn't want. Yeah, this is my uh, father, son, and Holy Ghost um, <laughs> that I've got here. The the Trinity of the Jedi that I've got. Um, Again, this is just, I mean, there is value to these cards, but it's like, it's just something that I like displaying and looking at. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, that's the fun thing about these two is like, they can just be display pieces. You know, there's some like, I've got boxes of like cards that are just sitting that I very rarely look at, but some of them are like, oh, I want to display these. Like this, they're got cards that are displayed back here. Uh, for those of you who are watching, for those of you listening, it's my back wall on my office apartment. Um, and, um, yeah, I mean, the, the, again, find what you like. Find what is pleasing to you aesthetically. Find, you know, 
what what value range you want to be in and stay in it um, because if you go outside of it then you're gonna start being careful because as you were mentioned I would say another thing to to say is be careful about those values really do your research um, there is there There's are some, definitely shill bidding happening out there there is, there are some bad faith actors in the driving up the prices of these cards under the false pretense that they are incredibly valuable. I'd say my favorite example from this recently was the uh, the Sapphire. Oh, uh, wow. Well, Sapphire was even worse because... Saf- Sapphire was... Thing, yeah. yeah, I mean, Sapphire, whenever those boxes came out, they were, you know, if you got them through Tops Direct, which you had to be part of an exclusive club that you pay for access to, you could get those for a couple hundred dollars a box, and as soon as they came out... They're flipping them for seven hundred, and now they're down to. I mean, half of that probably, right? So, I mean, be yeah, careful the single price with the prices. Drastic, way down, gone. yeah, way, way I mean, down. They were, it, like any numbered parallel, people were trying to sell for hundreds of dollars for a while. Yeah, just, uh, just crazy. Yeah. So, be careful. But if it's something you really want, and it's in your budget. Go with God, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, then go, then I, go for I, it. I have bought my share of... I, I am currently flat broke, so I've not bought cards in a long, long time, but I did buy somehow a high-value, quote-unquote, cards um, last year, um, and a lot of those cards, I don't want to part with any of them, but at the financial situation I'm in now, uh, you know, I'm looking at some of them, and I'm like, maybe I need that few hundred dollars back, uh, you know? Maybe I sell a few mm-hmm. of those. Uh, yeah. it, it, as long as you're not too crazy, that will remain an option, uh, unless you're yeah. buying boxes of Sapphire for 700 bucks the moment they drop. But if you're careful, I would say at least there hasn't been a current explosion where I've lost my ass being like, oh no, that card is now worth nothing. <laughs> oh no, I'm wasted. Financially <laughs> ruined. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I mean, gambling, so be no, careful it is, with it that is, too. It's definitely addictive. Uh, collecting is an addictive thing. It it totally is as as witnessed by me feverishly chasing the green set of those cards. Where I was like, oh, there's one online. I feel, um, you know, it's like they were five to fifteen dollars on average for most of those cards, and it's just like that's not something I'm going to lose my lunch over. There are people who are spending a lot more money on that who may be losing their lunch over things. But if you're just getting into it, know your budget, know what you like, have fun. Yeah, enjoy the rip out there. And if you have any questions, leave them in the comments below. Please! Uh, We'll probably get around to answering those, and maybe we'll do some more videos like this, more micro-focused on things. But uh, I think that is a fantastic idea. We have a lot of them here in the cargo bay, so make sure you (laughs) like and subscribe. Uh, Anything else, BC? I think that's all I've got. We appreciate y'all tuning in. Make sure to leave us a five-star rating, a thumbs up, a like, a review, or whatever your current system of ingestion is telling you to do. <laughs> do it. <laughs> Until next we time. We would appreciate forever. it. Go snoke yourselves. <laughs>